come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hi, I'm Mike Minotti. And Chris Minotti. Hi. I bet you thought I was going to say I'm Chris Minotti. I mean, it would have made sense. You just made <laughs> so. Welcome, everybody, to the show, where this month we have a phenomenal episode. Mike, what is it about? We're talking about the return of Jafar. Whoa, he's back! He's back. Which is also the start of the direct-to-video sequel era at Disney. So very fun uh, and exciting times there. I remember this all quite well, so I think this is going to be a fun topic. All right, Mike. Well, take me back to May 20th of 1994. Yeah, so that's the day that this uh, direct-to-video sequel got released into stores. Uh, so back then, Maverick was the uh, number one movie. It's some Val Kilmer Thingy. That's the one with uh, Mel Gibson and they play. Mel Gibson. Part. I met Mel Gibson. Okay. Gonna... You know why I said Val Kilmer? Because Top, yeah, Top, Top Gun. Top Gun. Right. I was going to make a joke about that. Just came out this yeah, year. Yeah. I was like, I can remember who was in it. Uh, the, the very next week it was the Flintstones, which would have been a more exciting pool. That but is funny. That live action Flintstones. I wonder what that's like to watch now. God. I, we enjoyed it when it came out. <laughs> we enjoyed Return of the Farm when it came out, too. Yeah. Uh, I swear by all for one was the number yeah, one. I swear. Hey, we know that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's from uh, uh, Despicable Me too. It's, it's from, from it. That. I mean, yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. AJ. All for one is they were kind of like a second tier boy band. They were quite NSYNC or Backstreet well, Boys, they but the, they're close. That R and B. Yeah, they were pretty degrees. Yeah. Little boys to men. Well, yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit more boys than men. There you there go. There you go. Uh, also, around this time, on May 10th, 1994, uh, Nelson Mandela became the uh, president of South Africa. Oh, there you go. Yes. A little context for you. Yeah, so there you go. That, that gives you a little bit of uh, the flavor there. No big video game releases. Ever. Actually, like one of the games that did come out was Magic Carpet, which was like this game that was known for early 3D visuals. In fact, it had a mode to play in 3D with yeah. the red and uh, blue anaglyph glasses. So go, cute how that kind of uh, fits into things here. <laughs> But um, so uh, obviously uh, this all kind of starts with 1992 and Aladdin being a big hit for Disney. We talked about Aladdin before. I think our second episode was about the Aladdin game for Genesis and some of the other right. one. Right, literally number two. I think that was literally was number pretty, two. It was number sure. two. Yeah, yeah. I think you have an idea to do our next video game episode in a couple months, AJ. Yeah. We'll see. Um, real quick, I mean, how do you guys feel about Aladdin? Where does that rank for you in terms of like your favorite of the animated? It's movie? really up there. It's uh. It's very swashbuckly action. You got you know the genie, of course. It's nice though that it mixes that with still some of the traditional like you Princesses know Disney and romance. romance and the music. Like, it's still a musical, unlike a lot of the other action focused, maybe quote unquote boys leaning uh, Disney animated movies. It's probably my maybe my least favorite of like the '90s kind of era. Really? I mean, when you say the it's '90s era, you mean like, like you're telling me you like Pocahontas more than Aladdin? Uh, no. You like Mulan more than Aladdin? Mulan, yeah. You like I Mulan do. more than Aladdin? I do. See, yeah, I like I like it pretty high actually. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably in the top three as far as the '90s go. I probably like like Hunchback and uh, Beating the Beast more than it, but then maybe Aladdin would be three. It's it, it's hard to say. There's a lot of good ones there, obviously, but it was always really uh, fun. Uh, I mean, it's so it's kind of groundbreaking in terms of like not just having a celebrity voice actor, but really making that like such a big deal, right? With Robin right. Williams. So it was it was a big deal that way, and of Which course them in trouble later. Right? Yeah. yeah, you have you have amazing music and all this stuff. So now the previous animated movie uh, before Aladdin that was directed by Ron Clemens and John Musker was The Little Mermaid, uh, and that was this you know nice hit, and they kind of spun off this new TV animation uh, kind of production thing going. So they made a show based off of that. Uh, which was actually uh, created after Jim Henson made a pilot for a puppet, like a uh, Muppet-themed uh, Little Mermaid. Like show. a live action, yeah. Yeah, the pilot for that is out there, which is interesting. Uh, that didn't get picked up, and instead they actually went more ambitious with this just full-on animated prequel show. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, do any of you guys remember this show very much? I think we talked about In it before harmony, a little bit. In harmony, harmony. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're they, you and me together, we can well, live in How do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> it was, they, well, that was like the... 
the the commercial on the Disney Channel was just that song mm-hmm. for like a year. Right, and they would, you know, they would have original songs in it. A lot of the original voice cast was back for it. Pat Carroll was even Ursula, though, again, prequel. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget how that even worked. I remember there was like some little boy merman kind of like hung around. I'm sure I love the side. I remember there was an episode where like Hans Christian Andersen was actually in it. Yeah, that was, yeah, you know, that was, that was cute. Uh, it wasn't like a Disney Afternoon joint, though, which is odd, because, like... Was this pre-Disney in the... A little Disney bit, because it was after Gummy Bear still, but uh, Gummy Bear started pre-Disney Afternoon. I think even maybe uh, DuckTales did as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of uh, kind of flowing around there. I remember watching it at one of... We used to, for our karate lessons, we used to have, like, uh, the New Year's the thing. New Year's, we, New Year's yeah. sleep over there. I remember this was on one time. And it was like one of the few times I ever caught it. It was weird because I don't know where it would have really. It was syndicated probably. So, so weird. It's hard to catch it. Probably like on CBS Saturday morning. That mm-hmm. was, that's where a lot of this stuff ended up. But, you know, that's a different time thing for sure. Dropping your kids off for. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that right the karate now. Studio. Right. <laughs> so the show did well enough. And uh, Tad Stones, who was the king of 90s Disney TV animation. We talked about him in that Darkwing Duck episode. Yep. Chip uh, and Dale. Chip and Dale. Yeah, he, he, he was kind of the guy when it came to TV animation for Disney and the Disney Afternoon and all this stuff. Along with uh, Alan Zaslov. Uh, who did a lot of this. So both of these two had already worked together on the Adventures of the Gummy Bears and Chippendale Rescue Rangers at this point. Uh, before that, Tad uh, was actually uh, worked at Disney for a little bit. He animated a scene for the rescuers, uh, and he also worked uh, in the story department for Fox and the Hound. Uh, he also did some early work, like concept stuff for Epcot's Transportation and Imagination Pavilions. Ooh, very nice. So he was busy in the 70s and early 80s there, too, before he, this TV department really kicked off in the Eisner era. Um, now, Alan had a long career in TV animation before Disney even. Uh, he, he actually worked on Mr. Magoo. Uh, big Mr. Magoo fans yeah. around here, I yes, would say. Yes, yes. yes, I think I always tell people the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol is surprisingly great. Yes. He worked on some Popeye stuff, some Alma and the Chipmunks uh, stuff. He also had a stint at Hanna-Barbera. Uh, he worked on the Smurfs there when that was new. He also worked on uh, the 1985 revival of the Jetsons, which I most associate uh, with the... Uh, Hanna-Barbera ride they used to have at Universal yeah, in Florida, right? What's that called? The Fantabulous? The The Fantastical? It had a weird weird world of Hanna-Barbera. Some made-up word Mm, of Hanna-Barbera. I'll find out out, because I'm curious. Yeah. Now, so a lot of good info about uh, Return of Jafar comes from this interview Tad Stones did with uh, AnimationWorld.com. There's a lot of really good quotes here, so I'm going to kind of read some of these and we can kind of parse some of this stuff out. So, uh, Tadstone told Animation World, I had been thinking that while the genie is great, he's not a normal character. He's crazy because he has Robin Williams who could bring in all this Warner Brothers craziness into a Disney show. Few people realize that even before he shows up, Aladdin is a great movie. I thought Iago was a great character. He was funny and mean, and Gilbert Gottfried's voice fit perfectly. I said, I want the parrot in there. But he was trapped in the lamp at the end of the Aladdin movie. So he came up with a story of how he got out and ended up with Aladdin. Uh, so that's kind of the big <laughs> impetus here. And again, he sure did get Iago in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is really him planning for a show again. This isn't really him thinking no. about making a sequel uh, to Aladdin. So and he kind of continues in this interview. The big history-making thing that came out of the show was up to that time, we would always do a four- or five-part special that would be played vertically as a movie, like on a Friday night. And then on Monday, the series would start. Now, we saw that with Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, where the first four or five episodes, five episodes. is very much like a, it it's could a, be cut together into a movie. Right. It's a pilot, and it's kind of an intro, and it's like, oh, this is how the Rescue Rangers are formed. Uh, DuckTales had a very similar thing. Well, they, they did that for the Hunchback movie, too. Wasn't it three episodes they just turned yeah, into the movie? Kind They're of. They're kind of opposite. Hunchback. Almost. Hunchback was never a show. You're talking about uh, Atlantis. No, they were going to make it a show, and they turned like the first three episodes I didn't know. they had into the second. I know one. they did that with Atlantis. I don't. I thought Hunchback was just a normal direct-to-video sequel, Chris. Yeah, I think so. I think but, you're. But it was meant. I'm saying. I'm I'm, sure. I know what you're saying. Yes, I'm saying I, I think just, you're wrong. Okay, it's fine. Just <laughs> look, you can look at. I think you're wrong. Okay. All right. Look, you see, I'm upset. I'm not upset. I'm just tired. <laughs> 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 so he could kind of continue here. Some were more episodic than others. I called up the Disney home video division and said, by definition, I'm doing a sequel to Aladdin. So are you interested? They said, no, not really. Uh, we don't want to make a few hundred million more, right? Then they released Aladdin. Uh, it was huge, obviously. I called them again and reminded them we were doing the sequel to Aladdin. 
If we got it done in time, it could come out a few months before the series premiered. This time they said, we'll get back to you. Uh, so in the end here, Return of Jafar was made for about $3.5 million. It made more than $100 million domestically <laughs> and created the home video market for Disney. Oh, man. Arguably, and I won't deny this, uh, it probably played a hand in killing off Disney feature in that now there's a lot of animation out there on video shows. If you're a parent, you're saying, do I buy tickets to the movie or do I buy the new video they can watch a hundred well, times? Well, the the, that was the huge Eisner push, wasn't it? Like, get rid of the animation, do all direct-to-video sequels. It's this kind of played into that, like, before they even realized it. I mean, I wouldn't say it was, like, some directive of him. Well, yeah, of course. And he says that in the quote. Right. But, I mean, you know, they, they kind of come in and they discover just how profitable this stuff yeah. is. Well, and the funny thing, aren't they kind of facing, like, a similar challenge now with streaming? Yes, it's pretty similar. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. When any new medium comes around, mm. how do you adapt to it? And the, Even when VHS first came out, they didn't they didn't want to release anything vault. on it. Yeah, the vault. And the funny thing is, for so long, Disney was kind of known for not doing sequels. Uh, you know, there were some exceptions, like The Rescuers Down Under, which came out, you know, just, just a few years before this, really, and it wasn't this big hit. And there's, like, that famous Walt Disney quote when he's talking about after the Three Little Pigs was this giant hit, and everyone's like, oh, more. And they did make more, and they didn't do as well. And he's kind of famously said, you can't top pigs with pigs. Uh so, uh, Stone kind of continued this interview, said, Now, at the time, I was told that Peter Schneider, who was in charge of feature animation, was at a meeting with Michael Eisner. Peter said, you shouldn't do sequels. Their quality hurts the Disney reputation. And Michael said, I'm not sure we should be doing these either. The next part of the meeting was, well, it cost $3.5 million to make and made over $100 million. Well, what should the next <laughs> one be, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Again, so this this thing that really is just the pilot for a series is, is all it is became this uh, movie because of good marketing, basically. And to make it, you know, obviously it wasn't Disney uh, feature animation. Uh, this was like that Disney Toon Studios under even a different name. And even then, it's not like there's a building in Burbank called Disney Toon Studios. Right, right. There's a bunch of different satellite, satellite. studios. Um, Disney's Australian Japan Studios actually worked on the animation uh, on this. And it's why it's, you know, obviously not as good looking as a theatrically released movie, which is kind of my question. Did you guys as kids notice that quality difference? You know, you know, it was like the, 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 the bit of animation. It always bothered me. I don't know if you guys caught this. So they're singing the, uh, the song with the genie, nothing in the world mm-hmm. at the very end when everyone gets their little line of, of music at the end. And uh, you know, Jasmine sings nothing in the whole wide world. And her shoulders are just moving for no reason. Well, Other, except for the fact, like this animator didn't know what to do, but he had to animate right. something, so she's just moving her shoulders. Well, it's stuff that, like that. That the exaggerated expressions you see a lot more, and, and you notice. But then um, it's also this, this the rough and pencil lines you see more things like that. It's also that thing uh, that that happens where again, there's an early on scene where like one of uh, Abbas Mall's henchmen, he he's, he walks up with some treasure, and his head continues to move because he's talking, but the rest of him is completely static. Because yeah. they don't animate the Hanna Barbera thing, right? Right. It's just, you know you only move what needs to move. You know, you know he's or, not breathing. Right. Or he's like, not alive. You notice like obvious things that they chose not to animate because yes. it would be harder to like do. Like the genie grabbing Aladdin. At one Man, point. I was just gonna. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. was my example. Just like the next scene, Aladdin's already he's in just, his hand. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Right. But again, like you said, as a kid, who you know you don't notice that. No, that see, much. I did some of that stuff. Yeah, but it's not gonna me. affect your choice of like I don't like this as much well, because of but that. It's not gonna affect a parent's choice in the nineties, right? They'll be fine. What stands out to me is just how much less shading there is. Everything looks flatter. It's, flat, it's yeah. not as many frames of animation. Now, some stuff actually kind of looks better than others. Like, well, to the show's credit, and you know, timing more than anything, you know, it is still ink and paint animation. You know, there's no digital drawing sure. or anything. So and it does I'm, have that look to I'm it. I'm kind of like some of these direct video things later would have like really, it's kind of like fuzzy computer shading on them that kind of looks weird to me. It was like trying to like cheaply emulate the look of like actual right, like Disney that Mickey's features. Once Upon a Christmas is a good example yes. of that. It has yeah. that really fuzzy right. sh- computer shading, and I don't yeah. like the way that looks. And that's another. They're, they're still trying to figure it out, really. It's another Disney Toon Studio direct to video thing but, there. Well, the animation isn't what bothers me as much as like the dialogue and the the weird pauses between it. And I was joking; it reminded me of like playing Kingdom 
<laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Like they say a line, they wait a second, say another line. That's funny because in Kingdom Hearts too, there's a second Aladdin level because there's already one in the first one. It's basically based off of uh, the, the plot of uh, Return because well, every far. kid saw this. Yeah, so man, we all a, knew it was it. a big hit. We all saw it. I remember it, it, people it, bringing it, it in. I think I was in second grade when this came out. It feels like. A TV show with the laugh track taken out, right? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> like, right. Like that's that's the pause. Laughter. It, there's some other like elements of it being like five episodes of a TV show just kind of strung together. You can there's like fade can, outs for commercial. You break, can feel the commercial or like the end of episodes yeah. or something like that. So yeah, let's talk more specifically about the movie because um, it, what's weird funny about this is more than anything. This is actually a story with Iago as the main character. Oh, he's, yeah, he's absolutely the main character. He's the only one who has any kind of character arc. And which makes sense. I'm glad they don't try to invent a new character arc for Aladdin. Like, you know, like they kind of do a little mini one. It was like, he learns that lying is bad again. Uh, again. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really lie. He, like, yeah, hid something for 10 minutes until he could explain yeah, it in context. Yeah, dumped on his lap. He was like, uh, hang on. But she said, don't be lying to me. Don't and be, yeah, exactly. He was. Um. But, you know, I think that's one of the good strengths of this movie is that, you know, Gilbert Gottfried is great. I know he passed right. relatively recently. And yeah. he, like, still comes here really strong. He's not phoning anything. No, no, here. absolutely not. I, I think generally all the performances are, are, are pretty good. Well, mm-hmm. it, it's like the caliber of Eddie Murphy and Mushu and, like, this and Iago. They just work so well. It's, like, right. meant for that. And here, you know, we actually have Gilbert Gottfried coming back. Not, like, that guy who always does the... The fill-in for Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. He does a good job, actually, to right. be fair. So here's the back-of-the-box synopsis for The Return of Jafar. Journey back to the enchanting city of Agrabah and rejoin all the popular characters from the original box office smash. Aladdin, Jasmine, Genie, Abu Carpet, and Iago. Oh. Disney's epic adventure continues when the evil Jafar escapes from the magic lamp as an all-powerful genie ready to plot his revenge against Aladdin. From battling elusive villains atop winged horses to dodging flames inside an exploding lava pit, it's up to Aladdin with Princess Jasmine and the outrageously funny genie by his <laughs> side to save the kingdom once and for all, featuring five new show-stopping songs. I don't think that's, that's no. kind of a lie. The Return of Jafar is filled with endless excitement, humor, and romance, promising a whole new world of entertainment for your whole family. Now, the biggest uh, elephant in the room with the sequel is that Robin Williams did not return to voice the genie. He kind of had a famous falling out with Disney due to the marketing for the original Aladdin, where he had a live-action film coming out like a month afterwards called Toys, and it was this big passion project. I think he was friends with the director and and all this stuff, and he was worried, like, oh, this is going to be too much Robin Williams. People won't go see Toys. So, Disney, you can't promote me too much in this movie. And Disney's like, yeah, sure, Robin. Then, like, he's, like, the main thing on the poster. He's the main yeah, thing in the trailers. So he felt very betrayed and very uh, uh, angry about all of uh, that. Well, you know, Chris, it's funny. Toys. You were, you, you were like a toys. toy. Yeah, you're the only yeah, one you, I know. You were I a did. toy stand. It might, it's kind of a little scary, wasn't it's it? Kind of, it's a weird, it's creepy it. movie. kind of a weird movie. Like, you know, again, it's. I, I think I don't think toys would have been a giant hit either way, right. really. But right. you know, hey, they they did go back on their words, so I understand why. Do you guys, I don't know if you talk about this later, but do you remember what Disney did to to make amends with Robin Williams Wait, well, years later? Yeah, so there's like a, mi- a mini uh, makeup here where like someone just uh, apologizes, but then way later, doesn't is it Iger who sends him a Picasso? A or Picasso, something? Yeah. yeah. Someone sends yeah. him a Picasso. Well, I, I guess do it. you know if you send me a Picasso, I guess I'll forgive you for whatever. All's forgiven. Yeah, so, something like that. Just a side note. So Dan Castellaneta, who's best known as the voice of Homer Simpson, actually becomes the new voice of the genie. And every so often you catch a little bit of Homer well, in his performance. It's the screams, it's the high-pitched like moments in his voice, things like that. And you're mm-hmm. like, hey, it's Homer. You know, and but really, he does a fantastic he does job. does do a good job. I mean, oh, actually, yeah. Kind of watching this again, I actually was surprised. Oh, yeah, he does He does pretty good. I yeah. mean... In terms, that's a those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, that's yeah, really sure. good. It's not quite as like manic as right. the original genie, uh, but it's, it's less. Dark. It's it's less about the impressions. It's just changing the voice. Yeah, right. Sure. Which, well, right. He's like, yeah, which he, Homer does that anyway? He so. did it for the you know the full run of the show too, and you know it, 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 he yeah he does good. He became the go to guy. I think you hear him in uh, Disney Quest, Spectro sure Magic, at, and Wishes. That's that's him, I assume. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so yeah, he he did a good job here. Now at least according to this one random edition, the May twentieth, nineteen ninety four edition of the Desert Sun newspaper. Uh, it said that Robin Williams had a role in picking out Castellaneta for the job. I'm suspicious of right, that. I've never heard that before. At so. that point, why would he care if uh, you know if he's, he's out of the question out. anyway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now, that got a lot of publicity, but also Douglas Seale did not return to voice the Sultan. He was replaced by uh, uh, Val Betton, who was actually the voice of Dawson. Uh, we got Dawson here. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that Dawson. The, the Dawson from the Great Mouse Detective. He's like the stand-in for Watson. Uh, he does pretty well, too, really. Yeah, and he does this going forward. He does it in the show and in uh, The King of Thieves, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But yeah, I wouldn't have known, to be the, honest. The only time I noticed things are off was when he's being carried away by, like, the winged horses. It just sounded really odd for some reason, mm-hmm. but oh well. Uh, then there's a new character here, uh, Jason Alexander, who's voicing Ivy Small, which... AJ pointed out I didn't get this, but... It's abysmal. Abysmal, that's cute. Abysmal. He's basically kind of like the new Iago, because Iago's can't be by Jafar the entire time, He's right? like a mix of Iago and uh, Kazim, or Hazim from the, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the prologue of Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Now, Hazim. the back of the box had five new songs. There's like, a, basically they sing uh, Arabian Nights again. I wouldn't call it a new song. And then there's four actual new songs that are by uh, Randy Peterson and Kevin Quinn, which there's not a whole lot about uh, those two here. But uh, you have I'm Looking Out For Me, which is sung by Iago. Nothing in the World Quite Like a Friend, which is the new uh, uh, Genie song. Forget About Love, which is the uh, romantic duet between Iago and Princess Jasmine <laughs> we've all been waiting for. Aladdin joins in at the end here. Uh, and then Your Only Second Rate, which is uh, Jafar's big villain song, right. finally. When, yeah. And again, Jonathan Freeman back as Jafar. Yeah, he's and, great. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that guy gives 110% every time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I... Uh, I saw him play Jafar on Broadway. Right, so when yeah, they did was, mm-hmm. the Broadway version of Aladdin, he just played Jafar. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, what do you guys <laughs> think of the movie as a whole? What do you think about the new songs? Let's start with the songs. I think most of them are fine. I actually like Your Only Second Rate quite a bit. Yes, Your Only Second Rate is good, because that's probably the one that has the best choreography to it. Well, it's like an e- it's like the bad guy version of uh, Friend, uh, like Friend, Friend Like Me. Right. It's all they, the magic they, stuff. They handle that well, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, probably the problem with um, Forget About Love, especially a little bit of uh, I'm Looking Out For Me, it's like they don't know what to do. The characters, uh, there's just a lot of them standing around singing. Sure. <laughs> Not really doing anything. And, and, Nothing in the world tries to do like a friend like me thing with the genie it's a little racist yeah this gets a disclaimer on disney plus because of this song yeah he's basically going around doing every offensive stereotype accent that he can yes that's that's what he learned in his travels that's nice yeah they they just all kind of blend in to me i don't don't know you don't like your only second right i mean i can't sing it right now but that's just me i'm sure aj Uh, you're like a spinning plate you're only second right and like when you listen to it it all just sounds like the or, the orchestration's like muddled. It's not very it's not exciting. The best sound quality, sure. Right. Well, yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't do like the musical things that like you know a, 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 a proper feature animation score does, where it's there's like musical bridges and right. one's like ninety that. seconds long. Yeah, ninety through. seconds. Here's the lyrics. Get in, get out. Yeah, like like we're we're done. Mm-hmm. And again, if you doubt that this is a movie about Iago, he's the only one who's like he sings two of these songs, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, so which he, isn't that annoying. Like you would think with his with no, the it's voicing, fine. It's good yeah it's good you know you're getting what about the movie as a whole like what do you so, guys think how do you think about it as kids i guess well, as, as kids i loved yeah, it. yeah right yeah sure you know it was more aladdin that was great uh, watching it again uh just now i'm i think the writing is actually pretty good like the yeah. story itself the outline is the outline, is no, I, pretty I great. think the dialogue is well written uh, you know i think the jokes land just needs yeah, to be there's some funny bits there there's a lot you know there's even some action sequences that yeah they're not animated spectacularly but they're, they're kind of fun I, I, you could see a, a reality where like this did become like a theatrical yeah, release right. done by disney feature mission with this script yeah maybe yeah. better songs written or, or you know orchestrated more fully i'm like yeah this this, this would work you know you make the, the fight with the, the jafar at the end real big and epic and you know do stuff like that and like yeah but even then like as a kid that got me like there's something about iago this like henchman getting elevated to like good guy doing the heel face turn and he's the one who defeats Jafar even right. as a kid that tickled this me. might right. be one of our first examples of that as kids growing up that you know we we like that trope now even the redemption story it's, it's a Darth Vader it's moment it. right it really it, is yeah a little it bit straight up is yeah it's like I don't know I always kind of like that but he's still like is Iago right he's still kind of like a brash and like annoying and you know selfish and stuff but he's like oh he's like kind of one of the good guys yeah. now Ah, it all it all worked out uh, well for me. What do you think of the Sultan having a balcony built specifically for executions? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, missed that as a kid. <laughs> Never put two and two together there. Yeah, it's right. quite an epic walk, too. Like, how many people has a Sultan sentenced to death? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean, it's 
like there's always this weird dark side of things. Remember where uh, Jasmine almost gets her hand cut off immediately? In oh, yeah, the first right. movie? yeah, yeah. So, so fun stuff. <laughs> the other thing, uh, I, I completely forgot Jason Alexander's in this movie. Yeah, so yeah. he's that small. Yeah. So when you're when you if you're paying attention, you're like, okay, I get it. It doesn't sound like it's Jason Alexander doing a voice. It sounds like they just recorded Jason Alexander and sped it up a little bit. I think he's just maybe putting a little bit more high pitchiness no, to it. No, I think it's like. I don't to know. my ear, it that just sounds a, sped up. Wouldn't that be a weird thing to do? Yes. <laughs> I wonder. Yes, Maybe it was something would. with the recording, and they had to, like, you know, I they mean, were running out of time. Because it's, it's, it's not just pitchy. It's fast. He's, like, talking too fast. And, like, especially in the beginning, it's it just feels off. This is the height of Seinfeld uh, era here, too. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Uh, well, you know, he was he was getting ready to do Hunchback, and, you know, he was he, he, right. he was a Disney guy. Yeah, you're right. Uh I did like the reoccurring bit about, you know, genies can kill, but you'd be surprised what you can live through. Good payoff there. Rules of yes, three. Yeah. Yes, they, they handle that well. Yeah. Now, you, you talked about what would this be like with a bigger budget. You know, they're making a sequel to that live-action Aladdin movie. Huh? Are they finally going through That's it? happening. It's That's happening. On. Okay, good. So, so like, what... Uh, well, like, do you think? I, no, I guarantee you has nothing to do with the, well, the, pro- the problem is Iago in that movie isn't, like, Iago. He's actually a bird, right? Right, and even Jafar... Not quite Jafar in the original right. movie. But I mean, like, I wonder if they could take some elements. I mean, I, I, maybe they'll bring Jafar back. I forget exactly what the status of the lamp was. Like a lot of those live action movies, you watch them once and right. I kind of you know, forget. One and done. Yeah, yeah, so it's fine. But yeah, you know, even watching it now, it's been a long time. And yeah, like, you kind of have to go with the expectations of this is going to look like a really well animated cartoon for TV as opposed to a poorly animated theatrical uh, movie, right? Right, when you, have, when you have your mindset adjusted. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, it's you- a lot of fun. You can even see, um, you know, we talked about how part of it was done by Disney Australia, part by Disney Japan. And um, according to the IMDb trivia, when Abysmal gets into the palace wall, that's where the switch happens. Now, some of the stuff from Tad Stones makes it sound like it's more nuanced than that, like not just half and half. But it, it's 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 right after they sing the, uh, the, the the love song, Forget About Love. And Aladdin's dressed in his kind of Prince Ali outfit. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they kind of repeat what they just said to each other. But now he's back in his street rat clothes. And you caught it. And I'm like, did he go change? Like, hey, you're right. right I was like, and it, and you can see the, the biggest giveaway to the different animation style is in when I believe it's uh, Disney Japan. When it's like a medium or zoom shot, the faces lose a ton of detail. Yeah. And it doesn't happen as much in, in the first half of the movie. So I think that's like the big giveaway. Yeah, I think I think that uh, might be right. Now, my question is, since this is half animated and a little bit more than half, actually, because of a technicality we'll talk about later, uh, half animated in Japan, is this, a, is this kind of an anime? <laughs> that was uh, that's that's um, um, the Muppet history. It kind of makes that joke about Muppet Babies. Yeah, Muppet Babies is an anime. Well, there's a, same kind of thing. Right, people don't realize that a lot of those shows are just animated by studios like in Japan or hmm. other places. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, because Japan had a lot of TV animation studios, and they would take freelance work. Um, so, like I said, this was actually basically just a pilot for the show. What's kind of funny is that a preview for the show aired on the Disney Channel starting in February of 1994. Which is, again, before The Return of Jafar even released. I was interested to find this out because I remember being in Disney World, being in a hotel, and we had the Disney Channel on, and the show showed up, and it was before The Return of Jafar came out. And I was like, why is Iago hanging out with them? Why is it, what's going, what is this? Why is there a show? And I remember the gag specifically. They were like running away from something, and Aladdin's like, Genie turned into something. He, he turns oh into gosh. like, Oh my gosh, I remember this too. He turns into like a rug first or something. Right. And like, he's like, No, something with legs. And then he turns into a table, and the table starts like running. Yeah. And he's like, Ah, oh, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have the things you remember, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The city of the hotel room taking a But it was like, Oh, there's a show, I, I guess. And then the, the movie came out uh, later. Now, when the show actually aired, most of it was aired simultaneously on Disney Afternoon, uh, that syndicated block, and on CBS's uh, Saturday Morning block. But then the final eight episodes uh, only premiered on uh, CBS. Now, altogether, the show had 86 episodes. Wow, that's a lot. That's, that's, a lot. that's like as much as DuckTales. Yeah, it's like, it, was a lot. it was a big hit. By comparison to Little Mermaid, it was only 31. That Hercules show later was a... Uh, 65, which that was a prequel shocking too, to wasn't it? Also a prequel. Right. Yeah. I said, yeah, Little Mermaid, uh, Hercules were prequels. That was the kind of the cool thing about this was yeah. that it was the sequel thing. And it, it really kind of worked out well because it was just this adventure series with this fun ensemble cast of characters. Plus, you know, Aladdin came from uh, 101 Arabian Nights. 
So that's a that's a lot of untapped uh, public domain material you yeah, can right. still pull mm-hmm. from for different bits. And they kind of had a rogues gallery. I'm pretty sure Abby Small even showed up more. Oh, really? In the show as a reoccurring bit. In fact, there's an end credit scene after uh, Return of Jafar. Where he's still kind of hanging on this tree branch they left him in. He's like, oh, does this mean I don't get my my third wish? <laughs> which is, you know, uh, pretty cute. Now, there was a second directed video movie, which is Aladdin and the King of Thieves. This came out in 1996. I can't believe it was wow. only a couple of years. Yeah. And just like how, you know, Return to Far is like the start of the show, this is the finale for the show. Kind of cool that the show did have like an ending. Yeah. yeah kept off off in the syndication. Right. And what I, re- I remember the animation quality was better on this one a bit. I also remember not liking it as much. I remember loving the song when uh, the 40 Thieves song. Yeah. yeah welcome, welcome to, to the, the 40 Thieves. Yeah. yeah that was We're really good. enjoying that. The whole thing there is that the wedding is finally going to happen between mm. uh, Aladdin and Jasmine, but Aladdin's father. Between Jasmine up. and Iago. <laughs> yeah. After their romantic serenade. <laughs> right. Now, the kind of famous thing here is that Robin Williams did return the voice of the genie. Which was a big deal. Yeah, that was the whole I marketing. that being a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, that Dan Castellaneta was uh, actually going to be the genie again and even recorded his lines. And they even animated some of those scenes. But they were scrapped because, you know, Robin Williams said came yeah, on board. No. And when he records, you know, it's all a lot of improvised stuff. So they couldn't use anything they had before, even animation-wise, right? Um, now, this happened after um, uh, Williams received an apology from the Disney Studios chief, Joe Roth, who had replaced Katzenberg, who I think Katzenberg is the one that uh, yeah, pushed the genie. I think that's thing. when yeah. Williams probably blamed for a, a lot of that stuff. Uh, Rob Williams made a hundred, I mean, one million just for that performance. And like my recollection and why I was kind of disappointed in that movie is that the genie's not in it very well, much. He th- stays behind. I yeah. think that's because they weren't writing it thinking Rob Williams was going to do it. They probably wrote it thinking, well, it's Dan Katzenberg. So that's fine, but like you know, the, the genie's a little bit of a time turner. Yeah. Like if you have the genie with you, what problem can't you right. solve? So you have to kind of get them out of there. I don't but know. then they're probably rewrite like, the story at that point. It, well, again, they were probably far enough. If they were animating, yeah. they're too far along right. in production to change it significantly. They even kind of try to address that in the Return of Jafar. He's like, "Yeah, my, I've, I've had a power downgrade. I'm not as strong as I used to be." Well, we knew that. That that was the conceit at the end of Aladdin. That that he when he's freed, he loses some of his power. Yeah, you could look at it both ways. Come off. Yeah, like like that that. But the shackles are still on him. But he's still. Yeah, that was at a con- it's a continuity error that I'm okay with. Like, yeah, he looks weird when the well, shackles that, are that's off. That's literally him. why they did it. it, was, it, it was was just he looks better with them on. It's just decorative. They're decorative. Right he likes them now. They're not shackles. They're yeah, he could choose bands. to take them off. Yeah, anytime. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Dan Castellaneta thought. Like, oh, these jerks. I, I bet sure he got he, paid. I'm sure he, I'm sure he got, got it. Paid. And I'm sure he got paid too. I mean, and he kept coming back. So he had, yeah. he had plenty of work. He was uh, also the voice of the grandpa from Hey Arnold around this time. I remember he's done. Well, you know, still Homer Simpson. So. Still Homer yeah. Simpson. Still doing it. They just did. They uh, up for two more seasons. Wow, that's crazy. That's gotta stop at some point. Man. Some, someday the Simpsons will end. And it'll they gotta get to weird. forty. I think. I think 37 and 38 are the next one. Wow, yeah, that's really? I, th- I don't know. I could be that's wrong. 40 years of one show. That's just insane. Um, so do you, what, do you guys have any other kind of thoughts on just the show or the King of Thieves? I liked the show. Yeah, I liked, well, I liked the way King of Thieves ended with, like, Iago goes off with Aladdin's dad. Right. He, I believe last time he said, oh, you're a good guy, whatever his name is, but not too good. And they laugh <laughs> and they ride off and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, the, the Iago character arc, full circle. Yeah, <laughs> truly, it is the story of Iago. <laughs> I remember the show was fun because there was a lot of fun moments with Iago and Abu. Actually, right. they were good foils yeah. for each other. Right. Exactly, it was yeah. like a just a comfort show to have on. Nothing that I like gravitated towards. Right, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think about it as much. I think about Ducktales right. or Chip and Dale. But yeah, it's on. Let's I think it. I liked it a lot more than of, of all the just based off of one of the movie shows. And maybe it's just the one that kind of hit when I was the age for it. It mm-hmm. is the one that uh, I certainly liked the most. So, um. Tad, uh, also in that animation uh, world interview, talked a bit about how he feels about Return of Jafar today. He's kind of tough on it. He says, I'm not particularly fond of Return of Jafar. I don't even own a copy of it. I like the second sequel, Aladdin the King of Thieves, more, uh, the one with Robin Williams. I just felt we were so rushed that the story wasn't as strong as it could have been. So... Yeah, I don't think story is this movie's yeah, it's, issue. It's, it's just maybe the but pacing a little, it, but a it little. is only like an hour. It's like an hour so. and change, yeah, which kind of, I don't know, it's kind yeah, of made, helps. Made for fast. less than $4 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, and then Tad said there was a difference in quality between the Australian and Japan animation teams. He noticed Japan would eventually become a stronger studio, but at the time, Australia was a little bit better. And he, the work was kind of split between the two, like we said. 
But Australia worked on this long sequence in the middle that was cut, actually. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of some, like, fluff, uh, just for fun sequence. I, I kind of wonder what that yeah, was. Yeah, I wonder what it was like. Yeah. So suddenly, a lot... The movie featured a, kind of more work from the Japan team. He's quoted here, uh, The climax was all Japan, and it didn't have the punch of the earlier stuff, and it's just weak because of that. I would have loved to have seen a different mix there. In the second sequel, I tailored these uh, these sequences to the strengths of the studios. Japan did all the fantastic effects sequences, uh, like the parting of the oceans, the magical things in Australia, did all the personality stuff. It was a much better mix. Studios had several more years of experience at that point, and the result was a better overall movie. Again, part of me is like interested to watch Aladdin and the King of Thieves yeah, again. Yeah, you know? might as well. Yeah. So, Tad, at, from that point on, especially, uh, he, you know, aside from the big passion project of his uh, Darkwing Duck, he would work on a lot of other shows that are based off of the animated films. This includes uh, Hercules. Buzz Lightyear, Star Command. Ooh, that's a good one. And Atlantis, which was actually canceled. Uh, they only made a few episodes of this, and then that became the direct, the semi-direct-to-video sequel, Atlantis. Oh, Milo's. just like uh, Hunchback. Yeah, and- just like yeah, Hunchback. Yeah. Like, you ever read the, uh, the, the plan for that show? No. Eventually, it was supposed to cross over with Gargoyles at one point. Yeah. yeah I never liked Gargoyles. I never got into it. But, Everybody uh, loves Gargoyles. Like, know, people I even ask bad. us to do a Gargoyles episode, and I feel bad. Like, we just didn't watch Gargoyles. No, we Gargoyles. just didn't get into that one. Someday. Sorry. Everyone, it's supposed to be great. They're even remastering that Genesis show sign there, uh, which is which is interesting. But, uh, um, yeah, no. So, uh, someday, if we ever do like a little mini bonus episode, I should talk about the, the proposed Al- uh, Atlantis series. Although, I got to say... Um, Atlantis, as you all know, one of my absolute favorite movies. I tried to watch Milo's Return at some point. I forget when it even was. I made it two minutes in and just turned well, it off because I was like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not smearing not the legacy here." The, so, uh, right. Well, it was supposed to also have an actual like video movie pilot style thing, and they canceled that and instead just took what were supposed to be this like episodes of the real series and made the movie. Right. So it's like missing the context oh, of this thing. Imagine right. if they, instead of Return Jafar, we just had the first three episodes of the cartoon. Right. It's kind of stitched together in some weird way that didn't uh, make a lot of sense. It's funny you mentioned that crossover because the Hercules show actually did have an Aladdin crossover at one point that I, yeah. So oh, I didn't know yeah, that. I would think I'd remember. Yeah. Well, we didn't watch that Hercules show. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, very much. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of the Buzz Lightyear show either, but that had a really good directed video. Oh, that, yeah, that's Day. one of the best ones. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Uh, it's phenomenal. That's a Still phenomenal great. one. Yeah, and that one actually had uh, Tim Allen, even though it's Patrick Warburton who in does the it show. in the show. Right. Yep. Yeah, but I, I like that one a lot. So like, so the success of Return to Far uh, kind of resulted in this huge outpouring of directed video Disney sequels and these other directed video movies. This would include... Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin in 1997, Beating the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas in 1997, Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World in 98, The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride in 98, Hercules, Zero to Hero in 99, an extremely goofy movie in 2000, and The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea in 2000. We didn't really watch too many of these other ones. I saw, I saw I, I, Hercules. I never saw the Zero to Hero. Well, yeah. that that was very much a similar thing where that's just a pilot for the show. Okay, so it's it's young Hercules and it's setting up all those. I, I remember it's like he had some kind of like burnout friend who like had googly eyes. There's like you <laughs> know course. a girl. I mean, Lion King too. I feel like a lot right. of people saw that one. That was a big deal. It was, and they like they animated that one pretty well, but it wasn't very interesting. I'm like, how about know. a two and a half? One or one and a half. One and a half is great because they also had. They were forced to make it look as good as one or close to it because they intercut it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very good. Mm -hmm. Um, So this practice kind of continued to 2008 uh, with the with the Little Mermaid Ariel's beginning, which was like the second directed video movie, but this was another uh, prequel thing. Uh, Remember the 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 trailer for that was really weird. Do you remember it? It was on a DVD. It was the Pirates of the Caribbean theme and like a ship in a storm. And you're like, what is this? And then like the like the, the final thunder crash, and then it's like a close up on Ariel's eyes, and she's doing the ah, uh, 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 and then that was it. And I was like, what? What is this? Quite the tease. The writing was kind of on the wall for uh, these direct video releases uh, after Disney purchased uh, Pixar, uh, and that was uh, spearheaded by Bob Iger. So in 2006, John Lasseter became the creative chief for both Pixar and Walt Disney Feature Animation, and he kind of started uh tearing down these studios well yeah, he just killed it. this was when 
Disney was working on the sequel for Toy Story 2. Well, that was they created this whole studio, like, like another satellite it? studio, because they were going to make their own Pixar animated things. And yeah, Lasseter, I think, because of a lot of those reasons, that never liked the direct-to-video stuff. I think right. he always thought that they were cheap and and, and bad. Uh, and Toy Story 2 was, was supposed, supposed to be, be direct-to-video. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be, right. So I'm they sure he also a... saw, like, you know, why are we wasting our time on this? Let's just make movies. What was the original? The idea was, like, Buzz Lightyear was recalled, recalled. to Japan. Yeah, there's going to be a more direct uh, Monsters, Inc. sequel where they literally just kind of have to go back to find Boo for some reason. I forget. There's, like, a weird story role, like, synopsis for that that they mm-hmm. showed at some investor meeting. Like, look, here we have sequels to Monsters, Inc. and Buzz Lightyear. We don't even knew picture we'll, we'll do it ourselves with duct tape and you know wishes and dreams spit and shine right so disney toon studios was kind of the name of that division that did all the directed video uh, stuff and it, that did include a few theatrical releases the first one that they did was actually the ducktales uh, movie in 1990 which is great yeah i love that but the, the jungle book 2 and return to neverland just kind of randomly had theatrical release return to neverland yes, is I remember, great i remember seeing that in theater the beginning the beginning of that movie is phenomenal well because like pirate uh, captain hook's ship is like flying through london during a blitzkrieg yeah it's incredible it's, it's yeah it's, it's pretty it's kind of downhill from there right that moment's uh, pretty good but um so even though those movies those like direct video sequels stopped the movies actually keep going for a bit because that tinkerbell series really uh did well for a while there Mm -hmm. but even the last one of those legend of the never beast released in 2008 and then uh, that was that was when the the 2018 2018 excuse me thank you that's when the studio closed. Yeah, I mean, the Tinkerbell movies are actually pretty good. <laughs> My kids watch oh, them. Oh, your kids watch them? I like these. Was well, like, they, it had some theme park presence, even. Well, it was, yeah. gonna, it was supposed to be a huge part of New Fantasyland. You're right. Yeah. And then Pixie Hollow is supposed to be, yeah. And, and then when uh, Harry Potter was such a big deal, they're like, we can't do this just for quote-unquote girls, right? Uh, was their thinking, so they, that's why they suddenly threw in the Seven Dwarfs Mind right. Drain coaster and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah, there. That's probably good. good idea. Mm-hmm. So kind of talking about those direct-to-video films, you guys have specific favorites that you want to bring up that we can maybe okay, talk we about? I think, I think Lion King 1.5 is really, really good. It stands on its own. It's an interesting premise. It, it looks good. Is Digatana the best song from the whole direct-to-video? Mm. Digatana? Which one's that? Digatana, Digatana, Digatana. As soon as you started. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Stop before the hyenas come. Dig- Let's sing the praises of the great Timon, the greatest mere cat we've ever known. Accidentally saved us, hey! Played it so it would look that way. Yeah, yeah. Lion King one and a half is very good. Uh, I brought it up earlier. Pooh's Grand Adventure rule. Oh yeah, that's a good. Movie. That's a great. That's one. a good movie. That's got some good songs it's actually. A, that's a little sad sometimes. It's, it's, it's Winnie the Pooh dark, which isn't very dark, right. but for Winnie the Pooh, it's pretty right. dark. And it's, it's done very well. Pretty, it's not like it's not like cheaply made. Obviously, I, I remember buying that one at Kids R Us, which was oh, like man. where that's you bought the clothes next to Toys R Us yeah. for. For a, yeah, a good that while. Was the thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, I love an extremely goofy movie. Extremely goofy yeah, movies under good. really good. It, it has so much late nineties energy with yes. like the exports and everything. It's like, well, and then like you, you remember Monsters University came out and was like, wow, like like they figured out how to make a college movie for kids. I was like, they did that twenty years ago, <laughs> right? And it was just yeah, it was just fun. As you shake your one of the few times Goofy gets a romantic interest in it. Yeah, they did not bring Roxanne back, which was weird. She has like a character who looks like Roxanne has kind of like a background moment. Yeah. I don't think they maybe at that point they didn't know which people liked Roxanne. Uh, you see, there's she's uh she's in the queue for uh high school Goofical. Yeah, the Disney, oh, which nice. isn't the greatest wordplay in the world, but uh. The new uh, yeah, work, queue for yeah. uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Which Disneyland has these yeah, all these cool. great posters. There's a Rocketeer one with the Mouseketeer, of course. That makes me very happy. Scroogeous Millionaire. Millionaire with freaking Launchpad and a quack, like, hanging out there. Ugh, that's great. You see the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the book itself has, like, water damage all over yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, many it's, it's a great queue. It's it's cute. Yeah, go check that For out. some reason, we picked up Lady and the Tramp 2 Scamp's I don't Adventure. Remember at that. I don't remember You uh, must have watched that on your own. I watched It was not good. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I regret not watching Bambi too, though, because I met the DVD release of Bambi that they did around this time was phenomenal. Oh yeah, I had that really cool like companion viewing experience. So it had so it, it wasn't just commentary. What they did was they took all of these like transcripts of storyboarding meetings with Walt Disney and got voice actors to voice them, and they would put up like concept art and stuff during it. It was amazing. I think I watched it like twice during a sick day once, mm-hmm. and uh, they they had a trailer for the for Bambi two, which didn't look terrible. They got uh, Patrick Stewart to be the voice of Bambi's father. It was an in between call mm-hmm. because you had that kind of break between you know Bambi going off with his father and then when he comes back much older years later. I was like, oh, that's not a terrible idea. 
But again, it was weird. Like, man, there, there's even a Bambi too. <laughs> All right. Speaking of in the twinkles, uh, Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted Christmas. I remember I mean, watching that one. It did have Tim Curry as a CG organ. Yeah, right. it had that neat, it had that good song in it. It was okay. Yeah, there's a flute. We might have to watch that this Christmas. It's been because that one go. that was one that got promoted pretty heavily. I think it even okay. had a special like CD release with like songs that weren't in the movie, just like extra Christmas songs. I remember listening to Bell singing "Bring Us a Figgy Pudding." That's <laughs> <laughs> why I, I think that was a definitely a thing. Re- remember the time of, of Blu-rays and all the re-releases of everything? Yeah, Diamond the, Edition. The nice thing with, uh, like, they, yeah, they would do Diamond Editions of the movies. You would always, like, just get included the, the direct-to-video sequels as part of the package. Yeah, that was that, always kind of well, cool. Well, you, you get the Blu-ray of the movie, and then the sequel was, like, a DVD. Uh, they just, right, just they threw right. it in. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, I think they even did that to, like, poor Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like, this is this there's more than that. I could never bring myself no. to watch that Hunchback <laughs> of Notre yeah, Dame sequel. It, yeah, again, it's the same way I felt about Atlanta. It's just like, why why do that to I myself? Just, yeah, it'd be one thing if you heard nice things. Sometimes you do hear nice things. Apparently, Cinderella 3, which I've is one of the that. last times, is very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. really, that's great. Which was like, maybe we should watch that. I guess Lady Tremaine. But, but we have to watch two, so we know what's going no, you on. Yeah, apparently you don't. <laughs> I guess Lady Tremaine gets her hand on the fairy godmother's wand and like does oh, some no. time magic to try to fix things for oh, her. I like uh, But like, meanwhile, Cinderella's making good with the stepsisters and they find boyfriends. And yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Sounds okay. There's like a Tarzan prequel one. Or again, uh, there's that and there's Tarzan and Jane. Tarzan had two of them. Yes. Uh, there's actually also a bunch of uh, Lilo and Stitch ones. Because first there's... Yeah, there's their stitch the movie, which is again the prequel for like the pilot for the show, and then very similarly that one had Leroy and Stitch, which is the finale for the show. But then there was Stitch Two. Stitch has a glitch. Yes, which was animated pretty well. Yeah, my kids like that one. I've seen that one a few times now. I, yeah, I remember I saw it it's once. I was like, eh, it's. I thought it was a little forgettable, but okay. You'll find a lot of like YouTubers uh, having fun doing like ranking all the direct to video sequels, and you know it is it is pretty fun to watch those. Right, and you know. So sometimes, yeah, a lot of these aren't great, but yeah, there's some decent stuff in there. And again, as a kid, you would watch Return to Jafar uh, a lot of different times in a row, and you would you would you wouldn't be too upset about that. That was back when you had your ten VHSs, and you can only pick from those ten what to watch, yeah, right? Yep. <laughs> and Mickey and Minnie's one Once Upon a Christmas or Twice Upon a Christmas was yeah, part those of are always it. good. Like good for the holidays. But Once My- Upon a Christmas isn't as good. Well. I like the Donald Duck one, the, the the Groundhog Day bit, but all the other ones, I always say it's just like, don't you feel bad for Mickey? Don't right. You, look at him. Look, you can't get a Christmas gift for Minnie. What a schlub! I'm like, can't Mickey be like a successful actor? I like that Mickey. Yeah, Donald. Like, meanwhile, Donald's hanging out in Scrooge's mansion, doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, that was like Mickey's like some scampers. <laughs> right. Yeah, Mickey's doing probably better for himself uh, than that. But uh, but yeah, guys, that's that's pretty much uh, brings us to the end there. So I guess you know, Return Jafar has such an interesting legacy. It, it, people almost kind of think of it more about the movie itself than how it started this direct-to-video era, which gets a lot of hate. And you know, even, sometimes deservedly. So. Yeah, and even Taz like, oh, did that kill feature animation? I think CG probably had more of a hand to do right, with that right. than anything else. They just kind of didn't adapt to that very well. Mm-hmm. And again, we it's funny because like. We're so far removed from that era, and it's, it's almost like they need some more of that kind of content for Disney Plus now. Like, I would almost rather have some l- less quality animated stuff on Disney Plus as opposed to just here's another well, Pinocchio know, live I, I, action. I, I, I think they're finding that with things like they're doing, like like Baymax, I like Zootopia. Just, yeah, exactly. There is some stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of replaced the idea of the direct. But even then, like, like, but those things are like they're short, and it, right. because the quality is so high, right? Right, exactly. And I'd rather have high quality short. Than bad quality, slightly longer because I mean, again, this movie's what an hour ten. Well, some are a full series. Like there's, I know it's well, Pixar or whatever, but there's the Monster Show and yeah. things like well, that. Well, there is a Baymax series. There's a yeah, series. Yeah, it's a series. Yeah. So I guess there's maybe Zootopia I'm over. one. There's like shorts, but yeah, some yeah. of them are a full series. You're right. Maybe I'm just completely uh, full of it. I you're just I, out of it because you don't have kids. You don't have kids. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But I guess you know it is just me being nostalgic for this era, even though it was kind of crappy. You know, right? But it was your childhood. So. It was my childhood, and it Return to Fire. I still remember that VHS tape, that box art. Yeah, I was like, wow, they made it again. Like Disney didn't a make sequels. Sequel to even though, even as a kid, to be clear, I didn't know. I don't know about the Rescuers one. I knew about Rescuers Down Under. I yeah, thought it was right. real weird that there's another one. And when I saw it, I didn't like it as much. <laughs> really. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I have a warm place in my heart for for Return to Fire, warts and all, and uh, whatever its legacy may be. Again. 
there's something kind of fun now about revisiting these directed yeah. video scenes. They're, they're harmless, I guess oh. is the best I can say. Right. Maybe I guess maybe they aren't if you blame them for like this downfall of Disney. Disney had a dark time there kind of before Iger came back, and people really pin a lot of that on like the quality of these kind of things. Right, because, yeah, he was really pushing that. And but. I think maybe stubbornness about having a bad relationship with Pixar and other things could be, or maybe more responsible than that. Right. Well, I look forward to watching it again in 30 years. <laughs> You're right. You know, it is. I'll put it on. And I was like, yeah, it's not. I, I, I do. I think I do have a, a your only second rate on my Disney playlist. It, it, it made the cut. I like, I like your only second rate. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, real quick. The fantastic world of Hanna Barbera. Thank you. Oh, I think I didn't did even it. say that. I think I think, fun- I think you might have. I, said, I was like, "That's not right." <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying like fantabulous and wobulous. I was like, "That was Doctor Seuss." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I was wrong. That can't be it. Uh, that's great. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Mike. Well done, Chris. You're on deck for next month. Well, there's been a lot of talk going on about Mickey's Toontown. Uh, in Disneyland, so I want to do the Roger Rabbit ride. Roger Rabbit spin. Roger Rabbit's cartoon, cartoon spin. Is that spin. the full name of that one? That's, that's that'll be fun. Uh, man, that's a that's a good ride, and it's one I wonder uh, how long for the world is that one. They got rid of a lot of Roger Rabbit imagery when they redid it. That doesn't infuriate me like some people online, right? But uh, hey, we'll it just got a minor revision a couple years ago. Yeah, it did. Like, well, yeah, that's right. They made uh, they 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 turned uh. Jessica, Jessica Rabbit until I get detective. They made her, yeah. Basically, it's just, just she's not tied up in the back of a trunk. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> kind of like how, yeah, like we didn't talk about that much, but Jasmine in this movie Jasmine's was very a bit much pathetic. A bit pathetic. Yeah, a bit <laughs> like. Bat her eyes and look at her hair flip around. Right, it's like, all right, let's give her something interesting to do, guys. Right, one of those things. Like, yeah, that's another thing. I think I feel like the Australian scenes had a lot more hair physics. Hair physics, yes. yeah. Again, if you go back and watch it again, <laughs> you'll see what we'll I call mean. it. We'll call it hair physics. Here. <laughs> Why not? All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to 90s Disney. You can find more of us at 90sdisney.com, 90sdisney.com. We can subscribe to the show and uh, listen to past, present, and future episodes. Thank you uh, for the phenomenal support uh, from our last episode. A lot our, of growth. Our 2022 trip report is our fastest growing episode ever. So, uh, very good. Thank you all for that. And we should just, I think that means we need to go more often and talk about Yeah, right. Well, this research and putting together show notes and watching directed video sequels. Much to that, let's just drop a few thousand bucks and leave. Yeah, a few. Oh, oh one, one, one more hot take the uh, uh, Chantique room under new management. Bad. I agree. All right. Even though we apparently overheard the kid who burned it down. Yeah. I like Yago. I think we told that story before. You have to listen to every other past episode to find that story. Yeah, I forget where we, where we said it. Story. <laughs> Good luck. Let us know when you find it. But anyway, if you have any questions that you would like to ask us or comments read on the air, you can email us at 90sDisneyPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Mastodon if you want, and Instagram. And uh, we'll see you all next time right here on 90s Disney. Take care, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.